Om Magyana Timirandhasya Gyanam Janashalakaya Chakshuran Militam Jaina Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Mukankaroti Vachalam Pangum Langhaya Tejirim Jatkrapatamahang Bande Shri Gurum Dinataranam Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamehim Dadati Swapadantikam Vancha kalpa tarubhyascha kripa sandhobhya evacha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavibhyo namo namaha. So um, today we can uh, continue uh, some discussion. Uh, it's going to be rather brief um, because we're covering two chapters um, today, um, 29 and, and 30. And um, I, I want, uh, especially since um, since uh, Kartik is especially a, a month dedicated, especially to Urjeshwari Sri Radha, I, I wanted to focus um, uh, on the end where there where there is a focus on Sri Radha, and um, so I'm going to probably cover the meeting um, and uh, some of the, the search rather um, uh, in a rather cursory manner, I guess. Uh, there's so much. Um, I've, uh, this has been a real uh, a boon to me because I, I think the last time I found myself immersed in, in the Rasalila was a few years ago when I edited um, an edition of uh, Rasa Panchajai with um, commentaries of a number of acharyas, um, including Sridhar Swami, Sanatan Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Vishwanath, Chakravarti Thakur, and a number of others. Um, and generally, the, uh, my, the big attention I give to the Rasalila is during Kartik, when um, as just part of my practice, um, I read uh, Gopi Gita every day. And I've been doing it uh, myself for years. And this year I've been, it's been, it's been particularly sweetened because I've been joined by a small core of three or four devotees um, who, who read, it with, uh, read it together with me every day. It was really um, interesting. I, I don't remember if I mentioned this last week, but when we, uh, the idea, you know, I just asked them, oh, these are devotees who are kind of attached to me. And so I just asked them, you know, this is something I told them, this is something I do every car to, you all want to join me in it. And of course, they enthusiastically jumped in with both feet. And um, then I noticed on the third day or the fourth day, one of the devotees was singing underneath one, because I, I told them, you know, not, not a big thing. I'll chant the Sanskrit, you guys can read the, the, uh, the English. Um, because I didn't want them to feel too intimidated. Then on the third day, and these are fairly new devotees. Um, one of them is the son of a, an old, a god brother of mine who passed away a couple of years ago, um, but who just got into Krishna consciousness maybe three years ago. And there's a, a, a woman who was exposed to Krishna consciousness. She's uh, early 30s, early mid 30s. And she was exposed to Krishna consciousness when she was like 20 in Ukraine, but didn't take it very seriously. And uh, 
spent her twenties, um, you know, just being a girl, just being a young woman, enjoying life. And um, then the last three years, she's been very, uh, very serious. And then she came actually, actually, she moved here from Minnesota. She's Ukrainian. And she's here as a refugee, and she moved to Hawaii from Minnesota about seven months ago to um, immerse herself in in bhakti practice. And then there's another young woman who in her 20s, mid-20s, who came here from LA, who's been associating seriously with devotees for a year. So they're new devotees. So I, I didn't want it to be intimidating. So I said, so we'll, we'll um, I'll read the Sanskrit, you can read the English. But on the third or fourth day, I noticed one of them singing underneath me as I was singing the Sanskrit. So the next evening, I just looked at them and I said, you guys ready for the Sanskrit? And they all said, yes. So that's been, you know, my main engagement with uh, uh, the Rasalila for uh, the last few years, just because of the demands of time, I guess. And um, so this has given me a chance to immerse myself and gives us a chance to think about some of the implications um, of the Rasalila um, as we um, spend some time hearing uh, about it together. Next week, I want to focus on the Gopi Gita. And then, um, and then the last week, I'll focus on um, the last chapter and uh, you know, Krishna's plight um, uh, with the gopis. Um, and, and then, you know, we'll end up looking at, back again at what we were looking at last week, um, the power um, uh, of hearing the Rasa Leela uh, with the proper attitude from the proper from a, uh, from a, uh, a reliable source, a source who can actually nourish us. So, um, as and, and I'm going to be drawing today largely from Guru Maharaj Swami Tripurari's um, aesthetic Vedanta. Next week, I may go a little more broadly with the Gopi Gita. There are only 19 verses, and they are so rich. Um, anyway, I don't want to get too much into that. I can gush over them um, next week. Um, so I may I, I may draw uh, more broadly from uh, those um, commentaries if it seems like there's something um, that uh, that might add to what we find in aesthetic Vedanta. However, one uh, uh, one big purpose that I um, uh, had uh, one one thing I had in mind when I accepted Padmanabha Maharaj's invitation to do this this month was um, hoping to uh, arouse a little interest, enough interest in the devotees that they would read um, the Rasa Panchajaya um, on their own, um, either in the Bhagavatam in the Krishna book um, or in Aesthetic Vedanta. And the presentation in Aesthetic Vedanta is, um, is so nice. Uh, Guru Maharaj re weaves the, you know, the philosophical understandings and some of the even grammatical explanations we get from the Acharyas um, into the narrative so nicely. And, um, you know, and we know um, his uh, poetic heart and how uh, deeply he immersed himself in this to, um, to produce this book, just as we've seen over the last few years with um, Circle of Friends. Um, he's been completely um, immersed 
um, in that project. And he comes out every once in a while you know, to share a little of, um, of his heart with us, um, which nourishes, nourishes us all so well. And to increase our anticipation uh, for the publication of the book when it comes out. So I'm gonna draw largely from, um, uh, from Aesthetic Vedanta, and I'm gonna kind of skip through um, some of this. We know that there's a background to the Rasa Lila, that um, uh, one, the, the previous winter, the um, uh, Krishna had stolen the gopis' clothes when they were bathing, um, I think in preparation for their um, Katyayani Vrat, so they could get Krishna as their husband. And um, because uh, he left them in this embarrassed condition, um, being stuck in, in the, the uh, cold waters of the Jamuna during the winter without their clothes, and he uh, put them up on a tree with him and um, asked them you know, one by one to come um, collect their clothes. And he promised them that um, they wanted him as their husband. So he promised them that they would be able to do so. Um, so he said, you know, uh, as Guru Maharaj puts it, you know, they had engaged in all these austerities, engaged in the Katyayani Vrat. Um, and even though they appeared to be just village girls, uh, we can see that they had uh, very quite comprehensive knowledge uh, of Vedic knowledge. And he promised them that he would meet with them, fulfill their desire to marry with him by enjoying with them. Um, so, um, and about the Rasalila, this is kind of still connected with what we were um, discussing last week. You know, these are our young women some married, some not, who still, whether they were married or not, wanted, they actually wanted um, the absolute truth, the concentrated absolute truth, the original absolute truth as their husband and that their desire for attaining love of, of uh, Godhead was so great that as Guru Maharaj puts it in, as, as the Acharyas tell us, it can only be compared to the love of a young woman for her lover um, in its intensity. Uh, this is a very, you know, when, you know, when uh, we fall uh, in love, it's such an intense experience, uh, especially uh, you know, the, fir you know, the first few times we do, um, as, as many of us have experienced. It can be intense and intensely um, confusing, especially when we're young and, and don't really have any experience uh, of how to deal with people, much less um, uh, people of the opposite sex very um, effectively. So, um, so this, and as I pointed out, what, what we see in the Rasalila, just as we see in the Govardhan Lila, we see um, the two kind of core Angas of, uh, of Shadanagati, um, uh, the, uh, the conviction that Krishna will protect us in all circumstances and especially um, um, accepting Krishna as our exclusive maintainer. What I see um, in Sharanagati here is um, an exemplification of Atmanikshepa or Atmanivedana, 
because the gopis, as we'll see next week in, in the Gopi Gita, they even point out to Krishna that they've given up everything just, just, uh, just to see him, as they put it. Um, so Krishna, uh, Krishna um, goes into the forest on the full moon night, the, autumn, the full moon night of autumn, which is kind of an emblem um, of romantic love. And he plays his flute. And when he hits that fifth note out of the, um, you know, the eight notes in the scale, when he hits that fifth note, that note is particularly for the gopis. And uh, we've heard um, so many times that when the gopis, especially when they heard that note, each of them heard her own name. So it was as if, as if she uh, were being called um, uh, to the forest individually for each of them. Just as we see the uh, cowherd, when, where the cowherd boys, um, each of them, uh, Sanatana Goswami points this out in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, each of the cowherd boys um, is convinced that he's Krishna's favorite buddy. And each and every one of them is correct in that, um, in that understanding. So when the gopis heard that fifth note of Krishna's, uh, on Krishna's flute, um, each of them heard her own name and whatever it was they were doing, taking care of their children, cooking, some of them even dressing, um, um, they uh, dropped whatever they were doing and, and left their homes. Now there were some gopis who um, uh, were uh, in their previous lives, um, uh, Upanishads um, personified, um, they had um, cultivated a relationship with Krishna, but it hadn't been perfected yet. So they weren't able to leave their homes. And um, it's explained uh, by the Acharyas that um, the, the fire of their separation from Krishna burned away, away the last remaining traces of any material influence in their consciousness. So then they attained bodies uh, like Krishna's. Uh, sometimes it's understood that they died in, in their desperation um, to meet Krishna. But um, the Acharyas explained that that's not exactly the case. And so what we see here is we have separation in both separation and union as uh, means um, of, of uh, uniting with, uh, um, with, uh, with, with the absolute truth. So these are like two banks of a river uh, and they um, uh, uh, Guru Maharaj says, uh, separation and unions are two banks of the river of love. Separation serves to accent union and union holds within itself the fear of future separation. So uh, uh, Swami's talked a number of times recently about how, you know, how this is that, um, you know, when, when there's separation, the, the longing is, is, is uh, terribly intense and it draws us to, to union. And then when there's union, there's um, anticipation, anxious anticipation, fear um, uh, of the separation that, that has to come. So it's a quite um, uh, a dynamic, um, the whole affair is, is a quite a, a dynamic thing. Um, one of the things we see <clears throat> uh, that Guru Maharaj points out is that um, 
you know, the, the ultimate goal of meditation is, is uh, uh, com complete immersion in the absolute. That doesn't mean um, in some sort of vague, attributeless um, uh, uh, aspect of the Supreme, but the deepest immersion is the, is the, the kind of immersion uh, that we have in love. So the gopis came to Krishna on their own terms. And I mean, not on their own terms, but they came on Krishna's terms. And that's how we should approach Krishna. We should approach Krishna on his terms um, as uh, sadhikas. This is sometimes a hard, <coughs> a hard lesson for us to learn. And it's something that we work on um, uh, generally over a, a period of time. And we figure it out a little bit more along the way. It's a progressive thing. And so they came to Krishna uh, on his terms. And then when they were there, um, some of them in disarray <clears throat> and all of them uh, very uh, excited, then Krishna engaged in the, Krishna and the gopis engaged in some uh, repartee. Repartee is like a clever back and forth. Um, sometimes this is, we see this has been a feature of some popular television shows, shows or some films. I remember um, noticing this um, in, well, especially um, uh, one of Jane, oh, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, especially there's some clever, always clever back and forth between the uh, characters and things with double meaning. And so Krishna does this, He's, he speaks um, indirectly. And when, when uh, people are close, a lot of what they, uh, a lot of uh, how they communicate their affection for each other is through indirect speech. Sometimes, especially when other people are around, um, you know, we can't say the things that we would want to say directly. So uh, sometimes we say it indirectly. So Krishna uses this uh, paroksha, this indirect speech uh, to communicate with the gopis. And he starts out by teasing them, by saying, you know, you shouldn't have come here in the middle of night. What are you doing? You should, I mean, coming out here was foolhardy. Uh, you're young women and you're coming out in the middle of the night, in the, you know, in the dead of night. Now there's a full moon night, but he's warning them about animals and all kinds of things that could happen. So he's trying to talk them in to uh, returning to their homes uh, and their families, their husbands and their children um, and their in-laws and all their duties there. So he's speaking to them as if, you know, this is, this is silly, this is foolish, you shouldn't be here, you should go back home. But what he's actually saying is, and uh, the gopis argue with them and their arguments are quite cogent and quite um, uh, well-informed um, especially by a bhakti, uh, uh, in, uh, bhakti inflected reading um, of the, the texts of the Vedic literatures. And so you know, he's making arguments that they should go home and they're telling him, well, no, we're here in different ways and that it's right for us to be here. This is, this is the right thing. And now you've got to deal with that. So, um, it, it, there's a, a pun in one of the verses. Uh, Guru Maharaj points out that while Krishna seemed to be saying, don't stay, Rajang Nehasteyam, his actual intention was to say, don't go. Rajang Na, 
Ihasteha. So the Sunday joins uh, Na and Iha into Neha. So another reading of this Rajang Nehasteham is Rajang Na Ihasteham. Don't go. Uh, stay here. So, um, so eventually, and uh, he, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, and he addressed them in so many ways. He addressed them as chaste um, uh, to try to um, uh, convince them that they should be chaste and, and go back to their husbands. But their real chastity was their complete surrender to Krishna, this Atmani Vedana. As Srila Prabhupada often puts it um, when he talks about that Anga of, of Sharanagati, um, giving up all interest other than the Lord's interest. So he's telling them, uphold your religious duties, and they're telling him, our religious duty is to serve you. Our religious duty is to please you. Um, so um, eventually, uh, Krishna yields. And um, then, you know, they engage, they engage in their um, uh, pastimes together. And after a while, after a while, Krishna decides that he wants to go off with one particular gopi um, by herself. And, um, and that is uh, Sri Radha. And one cause for that, um, that the Acharyas point out, is that both groups of gopis were there. Um, the um, Rama gopis and, oh gosh, what's right-handed? Anyway, the two, both two groups of gopis, Radharani's uh, gopis and Chandravali's gopis uh, were there in the Rasa dance. Um, but at one point, Chandravali's party started to, Krishna began to think that they were started, starting to feel a little proud um, of having Krishna's intimate association like this. So he left, uh, with Radha um, uh, to show his special favor um, for her. Now, the gopis, when, when that happened, um, naturally, they're, uh, they, they just kind of went into a tizzy. They um, did not know uh, at first what to make of Krishna's disappearance. And um, so they were, you know, they were, the separation that they felt uh, was uh, quite intense. And so they started talking among themselves and it was uh, pretty much crazy talk. Some of, them, some of them were asking, you know, where Krishna was, others were acting as though they were Krishna. And then um, they all started imitating Krishna um, they all started, because they were so immersed in Krishna, they, were, they started imitating Krishna and, and behaving, moving, and speaking um, like Krishna. And this really enhanced the, the um, um, this, even the mistaken identity. This is, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a bhava that uh, served as an udipana that um, intensified their love even more. We read in uh, the nectar of devotion, that five bhavas work together to create rasa. And in places, Rupa Goswami describes them as waves. Um, and sometimes 
they, they, their waves come separately. Sometimes things come together and sometimes like you, sometimes you have backwash at a very steep beach at, uh, on the bank of the, uh, on the shore of the ocean. And so a wave will come back and crash into the wave that's coming into the shore. And so all these things are happening in the gopis' hearts. And, um, and one thing we see is that both groups for at first are wandering up around the forest, singing loudly as if they were uh, mad women. And um, so this is uh, a really wonderful thing. And this singing madly, this is the archetypal kirtan, the ultimate kirtan. Um, uh, the gopis singing in their madness out of separation for Krishna. And it's interesting that at first, um, Chandravali's group and Radha's group are doing this together. And, and it just reminds me of an instruction that Srila Prabhupada gave me many years ago, uh, that we are all one family. Um, the de devotees, we're all one family. Um, and we should try to understand how we can cooperate, how we can work together to give uh, pleasure to Krishna. And um, so they, they were engaged in kirtan, which is our, the main anga of sadhana bhakti, the primary and most powerful of all the angas of, of, of sadhana bhakti. And next week, when we look at the Gopi Gita, we'll see uh, what kirtan can be. Um, it's, uh, this is, it's not an exercise of the mind. It's not an exercise of the, uh, of the larynx and the thorax and all the things that we use to sing, but it's, it's really an, an exercise of the heart um, that begins by cleaning our hearts and ends up awakening, awakening us um, to real um, transcendental love. So then the gopis started running around the forest and talking, first of all, to the tree, uh, to the grass, and then to different kinds of trees um, looking for Krishna. And um, all the trees were silent. They, they approached uh, the, the, the most pious trees, which they considered Vaish, uh, Vaishnavas. And um, they figured, well, they would certainly uh, respond since they're Vaishnavas, they can help us. And when they re re uh, remained silent, then they went to Tulsi because she, uh, the other trees may uh, serve other purposes, but Tulsi is only for worshiping Krishna. So they approached Tulsi and said, oh, you who, oh, Tulsi, who hold the, the feet of Govinda very dear, have you seen him walk by wearing a garland of flowers um, encircled by swarms of fragrance hunting bees, Tulsi remained silent. So they went to other creepers, um, Malati, Malika, Jati, Yutika, different kinds of, of jasmine uh, vines and asked them and got nothing. So then they went, then they turned to the earth and pretty much got, um, because they thought, well, the earth is, uh, all these plants come from the earth and the earth is blessed with Krishna's lotus feet. So they turned to the earth and still um, got nothing. And then they approached the deer and they were just acting like crazy ladies. 
Um, I mean, you can imagine a bunch of young women running around in the forest in the middle of the night, asking uh, different plants and animals and even the ground itself, um, if they had seen uh, their uh, beloved. And at a certain point, Radha's group realized that when he left, he left with Radha. So, Chandravali's group hadn't, hadn't yet caught on. So Radha's group wanted to see if they could catch up um, with, uh, with Radha and Krishna because they knew that their present would presence would actually enhance uh, their, their exchanges of love. So um, then they found, uh, after a while, they uh, found Krishna's footprints. In, in the meantime, they just kept going crazier and crazier. And then they started um, imitating Krishna's pastimes more and his different pastimes in, you know, in his, in, um, in his uh, uh, childhood and his boyhood, uh, different killing, killing different demons. They imitated Krishna and Balaram. And this um, ended um, with the Damodar Leela which is just kind of an interesting point. Um, Swami points out in Aesthetic Vedanta that um, uh, you know, they moved through the Kaliya uh, Damana Lila and then to the Damodar Lila. And he says, with the pastime of Mother Yashoda tying Krishna, the gopis imitative games ceased. Significantly, they ended their imitation of his pastimes with one in which he was tied up conquered by love. Um, in all of this imitation, the gopis Baba or permanent emotion of love as Krishna's paramours was never interrupted. All that is pleasurable in any of the other flavors of bhakti rasa is also present in this parakya rasa. And so without aesthetic conflict, without um, uh, the, the mixing of any um, uh, any of the bhavas that, that uh, might diminish um, this kind of paramour love, um, even while imitating Krishna's pastimes, they were able. And then they noticed Krishna's footprints. And then they saw the different marks in Krishna's footprints, the flag, lotus, the barley corn, lightning boat, bolt, elephant, go, goat, and the other things. And um, so then they realized Oh, there's, there's a pair of footprints here together. So um, we see in um, Aesthetic Vedanta, analyzing the pair of footprints, the gopis reached various conclusions. Here we see the footprints of a gopi who must have been walking alongside the son of Nanda. He seems to have been resting his forearm on his shoulder, on her shoulder, just as an elephant rests his trunk on the shoulder of his mate. The gopis of Chandravali's group thought that perhaps the gopi had spirited Krishna away from their dance. Um, and on the other hand, because they had seen the footprints of only Krishna, they suddenly realized it was possible he had been carrying her and that it was he who had stolen her from the scene of the Rasamandala. At any rate, they were obviously very intimate or their footprints indicated that they were walking 
off balance. So we see the gopis as here as expert trackers. Uh, they're able to discern from different um, characteristics of the footprints in the forest that um, uh, that uh, they must have been together. And uh, so uh, Chandravali, uh, Guru Maharaj writes, her pride diminished admitted, certainly this gopi is well named as Radha, for she has perfectly worshiped Govinda, who's full of all attractive opulence of sweetness. Uh, the all attractive opulence of sweetness and thus controls all by stealing their hearts. He was so pleased by her that he abandoned all of us and brought her to a secluded place. Oh girls, even Brahma, Shiva, and the goddess of fortune take uh, Govinda's feet upon their heads in an act of consecration. Yet here, we see that these feet themselves have become purified by the associate by association with the feet of Sri Radha. It appears that it is she who is worshipped uh, by Govinda. So this is an astonishing uh, realization that actually Krishna worships Radha. Everybody worships God. Swami likes to ask, act, but who does he worship? He worships Sri Radha, and it's it's it's, it's, a, it's an astonishing thing to come across, astonishing thing to discover, just as it was for Jayadev Goswami, when uh, when he found himself writing in Gita Govinda um, that Krishna was uh, worshiping Radha's lotus feet. He thought, "Oh wow, that can't that can't be so." Went out for a walk to clear his head. Um, uh, and then realized that, that this actually had been dictated by um, the Lord himself. So um, this is quite a striking thing. And then Lalita teases Chandrapali by saying, well, the fact that Radha's footprints are alongside Krishna's does indeed prove that he has selected her and is now alone with her. And then she says, although uh, this is nothing to be remorseful over, the fact that she is now tasting the nectar of his lips may indeed be something for you to lament about. And Vishaka, um, looking at Radha's Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so uh, <clears throat> Lalita said to, to tease Chandravali by telling her that the fact that although there's nothing to lament here, um, the fact that Radha's footprints are alongside Krishna's does prove that he has selected her and he's now alone with her. And even though there, this isn't really a, a lamentable situation, maybe there is something for you to lament because he's chosen your rival and she's enjoying the nectar of Krishna's lips. And Vishaka, studying Radha's footprints, uh, studying the footprints in greater detail, said, look, here Sri Radha's footprints are no longer present with Krishna's. Surely her tender feet must have been troubled by the grass, and thus her lover picked her up and carried her. And Chandravali looked and said, oh, yes, here we see Krishna's footprints sinking deeper into the ground due to Radha's weight. He must have had difficulty carrying her. He's so lusty that he has ignored our love and gone with Radha. 
Uh, and over here, that intelligent boy must have put her down in order to pick flowers. So again, they're showing their tracking skills. And um, so they're seeing um, uh, from the signs in the forest, uh, Krishna must have collected flowers for Radha, Radha here. Oh, here Krishna must have put those flowers in her hair, um, um, anointing her as the queen of Vrindavan's forests. And so they're just kind of, it's still coming out as crazy talk, and it, but it's all kirtan. It's all kirtan, that they're all, they're constantly simply glorifying uh, Radha and Krishna. And eventually Radharani uh, uh, understands that she could um, satisfy Krishna by herself. She understands that um, she, um, uh, that her love for, for Krishna is so intense that it can satisfy him, but she also understands that it's further enhanced by the other gopis. So she actually asked him to carry her um, to try to slow him down a little bit so the other gopis um, can catch up with him. I want to um, just read um, from aesthetic uh, Vedanta here. And so we have Ananga Manjari saying, oh, just see how Krishna must have collected flowers for Radha here. Only the impressions of his toes are visible, where he, only the impression of his toes are visible, where he's reaching up for the flowers. So he's standing on his tiptoes to, uh, to reach the, the flowers that he's picking for uh, Srimati Radha Rani. And then Rupa Manjari says, oh, he, he must have put her flowers, put the flowers in her hair here. Thus, Krishna took pleasure in none other than his own soul, Sri Radha. And in doing so, revealed the shallowness of male lovers and the hard heartedness of their female counterparts. Worldly lovers do not love at all, unaware as they are of their own selves. Krishna revealed this through extolling Radha's love above all others. Although outwardly, Sri Radha appeared to be selfish in wanting to have Krishna to herself, the truth of her heart is selfless love. Such is the nature of prema, the highest spiritual love. Prema is so pure and confidential that it hides itself in the guise of lust just to keep those possessed of lust from plundering her. As the gopis proceeded in madness through the forest, they discussed the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. At that time, Sri Radha, Kirtan's love for her now confirmed, felt remorse for the other gopis who were suffering in separation. She knew that she alone could satisfy Krishna and only because of this, had she put herself first. If any of the other gopis could have pleased him more, she would have been the first to push that gopi forward. Yet now she felt for her friends in their hour of need. She knew well the pangs of separation herself, and thus she devised a plan to mitigate the suffering of her friends. Outwardly showing pride, she told Krishna that she could walk no further and asked him to carry her. Speaking thus, she attempted to slow Krishna's pace so that the other gopis 
could reach them. So affection, uh, Guru Maharaj sometimes explains there are a, a, a couple of ways to control um, another. Uh, one is by uh, force, physical force. Another is by mental or emotional manipulation, intimidation. Um, but the most powerful um, is by affection, by love. And we see that when there's love, uh, we come we come under the control um, of that love. That's our experience, whether it's um, uh, you know, our romantic or marital partner or our parents um, or our children or our friends. Sometimes we find ourselves controlled by our friends' um, affection for us as well. And that's just, that's simply the most um, powerful, the most reliable way to control someone. And then Swami continues, although fully satisfied in her company alone, Krishna understood the softness of Sri Radha's heart and the selfless nature of her love. Thus, he desired to further demonstrate the nature, the nature of that love to the other gopis. He reasoned that if the gopis were to come upon the two of them, they would not know fully the glory of her love. However, if they were to see her in a moment of separation, the intensity of that separation in contrast to their own would reveal that the depth of her love, depth of her love was greater than all of theirs combined. While thinking thus, Krishna suggested that Radha climb on his shoulders. At this, so it's a mutual thing. And when sometimes we see that when there is such strong affection, uh, the two mm, lovers, whatever kind of love it is, friend, friendly love, um, filial love, um, romantic love, but sometimes they can read each other's minds, read each other's hearts, um, even and anticipate the other's needs. So this is a mutual. Um, she asked him and he asked her. And uh, uh, Swami says, at this thought, her love swelled to the height of Mahabhava. So this is the pinnacle of, of Prema. Uh, Radha is called uh, Radha, uh, Mahabhava Swarupini. She is the very form um, of Mahabhava. In that ecstasy, Radha could not see Krishna. And she thought he had disappeared. Sri Radha, in the intensity of her love and union, thus simultaneously experienced intense separation. Witnessing that separation, um, even Krishna himself was astounded by her symptoms. And here we see the seeds uh, of the appearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And uh, we'll see this uh, become even uh, more clear um, in two weeks when we um, examine uh, the last um, of, of the chapters. And um, so Krishna was astounded by her symptoms. And so you know, we know we see from the, we see that uh, this astonishment is uh, is the very seed um, 
that grew into Krishna's determination to appear as, as Radha. We see in the sixth verse of Chaitanya Charitamrita, he wanted, uh, that Krishna was so astonished by Radha's love that he wanted to, he wanted to understand um, what her love was, what that love was like, how it felt. Um, and, um, and so he had to appear as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But then the need, we'll, we'll see the need become even more intense um, in our last um, visit to the uh, Vasapanchajaya. So Sri Radha cried out for Krishna, the great connoisseur of rasa. Where are you, my love? The full blossom of, blossom of my youth is for you alone. If you were so charmed by me that you left all the other young and beautiful gopis and took me alone with you. Um, I'm sorry, you were so charmed by me that you left all the other young and beautiful gopis and took me alone with you. You can do as you like with me as it suits your passion. However, I will certainly, I will surely die in this separation. This thought is giving me pain for without me, as you have already demonstrated, you will not be happy. And so this is, Radharani understands this uh, about Krishna and, and, and about the nature of their relationship, that Krishna um, is not happy. We um, see in um, the Krishna book, I don't remember where Srila Prabhupada wrote this in the Krishna book now, um, but uh, Swami refers to this uh, 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 quite frequently. Uh, that in the Krishna book, Srila Prabhupada writes, um, by himself, Krishna is not so beautiful. But um, alongside Radharani, he becomes uh, um, amazingly beautiful. I don't remember Srila Prabhupada's exact words, but uh, he, becomes quite, he becomes quite beautiful when he's uh, next to Radharani. So she realizes that, that without me, you won't be happy. And Srila Prabhupada, in his prayer to the lotus feet of Lord Krishna, I kind of um, sort of extended it when I gave Srimad Bhagavatam class here at the temple in Honolulu yesterday, I sort of extended the um, Tito Baba um, of Srila Prabhupada. I, I, the, my, uh, I, I, was, I, I was a little guarded um, on Sunday when we had a festival for Srila Prabhupada's Tito Baba to commemorate his um, leaving um, our, our, our site. Um, and I was afraid if I spoke of what I wanted to, I, I may be too easily overwhelmed uh, by emotion and, and lose my composure as I occasionally do. And so I just told some stories, but what I really wanted to talk about was the mood that brought Srila Prabhupada and, and Srila Prabhupada's big plan um, for introducing, sharing Lord Chaitanya's teachings in the West. We used to hear sometimes devotees talking about Srila Prabhupada having some great master plan um, before he left. He had it all plotted out how he was going to do it. But what we see in these um, two poems that Srila Prabhupada wrote aboard the Jaladuta, one in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and the second in Boston Harbor, was that Srila Prabhupada's plan was abject surrender, complete surrender to Krishna, seeing himself as incapable, as unqualified, as he said in both prayers. And so he, 
he starts out with this, you know, he, he, in, the, in the, uh, his prayer to the lotus feet of Lord Krishna, Srila Prabhupada presents um, a petition. He, may, he st starts out by making a bargain, making a deal with Krishna. Um, something like Subal might suggest, or, or maybe even Madhus Mangal. Um, uh, being a, you know in one of his moments of being um, an outrageous goofball and so he approaches he tells krishna um it's as certain as the pole star you can count on it you can take this to the bank it's as certain as the pole star that if you want to be happy it, it's only possible if you please Srimati radharani and then he presents this plan how krishna can help him and thereby get um good reviews from Srila Prabhupada's own guru who's given him this instruction in the form of a suggestion that he took on his head as a suggest uh, as an instruction um, much to our benefit um, and um, and he happens to be you know kind of indirectly reminding Krishna that uh, my guru happens to be a member of Srimati Radharani's party so perhaps if you help me with this then she'll be able to put in a good word for you to Radharani, then you can be completely happy. So this is um, um, a very uh, uh, an important point um, to the, for us to try to grasp. So then uh, Radha cried out for Krishna, where are you? The full blossom of my youth is for you alone. You were so charmed by me that you left all the other young and beautiful gopis and took me alone with you. You can do as you like with me as it suits your passion. However, I will surely die in this separation. Um, and, oh, sure, of course. Uh, you may do with me as, as you like, as it suits your passion. However, I will surely die in this separation. This thought is giving me pain for without me, as you have already demonstrated, you will not be happy. So then that even heightened uh, Krishna's appreciation for the glory of her love for him. But then he noticed the other gopis approaching in the bushes. And, um, and uh, then the gopis, they all swarmed around her like a bunch of bees in, in, in a flower garden. And, uh, uh, both parties just kind of like passed out. And although um, uh, her body was, uh, Guru Maharaj writes, although Radha's body was permeated by Krishna's scent, when she smelled the additional fragrance of Krishna coming from the other gopis' bodies, she was able to return to external consciousness. And then her friends awakened um, along with her. Um, so then um, they all began to search for, for, uh, for Krishna. And as we know, uh, uh, Radharani uh, uh, eventually suggested that they go to the banks of the Jamuna and sing together in praise um, of him, longing for his return. Uh, and this brings us to the Gopi Gita um, uh, into which um, I hope we'll be able to throw ourselves. Um, next week. So this is a good time, I think, for me to stop and uh, entertain any um, comments or questions. This is, as I said, um, a, 
a, a painful, almost painfully cursory look um, at, at this part of the, um, the, cha uh, the chapters on the Rasa Lila. Um, but there's just so much there. I could only touch on a few things um, and try to bring out a couple of things that um, both that Guru Maharaj sees and, and some things that, um, that I see as well. Um, so questions, comments, or um, whatever, anything. Oh, Gopi Gita is chapter 31. Chapter 31, and it's only 19 verses, and it has um, some features that we'll talk about um, uh, next week. My plan, what I was thinking, what I've been thinking of, um, it takes maybe 12 minutes to chant it. So I, you know, I was thinking I would begin by just singing the entire Gopi Gita and then going through and, and looking at some things, some highlights um, in, in uh, the different commentaries. Um, on some of those verses. Um, some of them are quite astonishing. Um, and um, it's uh, uh, really wonderful. Uh, verse nine is, well, the, well, we'll see. Uh, in, in the, even in the very second verse, you know, we think of the Gopi Gita as uh, the Gopis glorifying Krishna, but they're also complaining, even accusing him. Um, uh, in, in the second verse, as we'll see next week, um, they indirectly accuse him uh, of uh, being a mass murderer. And then in the ninth verse, uh, one way to read it, as Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur points out, and we'll see that next week, is that those who broadcast, those who share Krishna's pastimes um, uh, with others um, are actually worse um, than mass murderers. Um, so we'll take a look at that. So that, yeah, that will be um, chapter 31. And um, that, that will be the, the entire uh, focus for, for next week's meeting. Anything else? Oh, you're very welcome. That's just a preview. That's a teaser. That's a teaser. So um, you have to tune in next week, and um, I'll share. I'll I'll be happy to share Vishwanath. There are two ways. There, uh, Vishwanath sh shares two ways of reading that. One is the more direct. Um, what we hear, what we hear in the verse, and, and then he gives us a twist on the verse. But we have to wait for next week for that. Is that okay? Anything else? Okay, um, I want to thank you. Um, and my deep gratitude, especially to Padmanabha Maharaj for in, engaging me like this. It's forced me to uh, make time um, to uh, do some extra immersion um, in, in trying to satisfy Srimati Radharani. Um, and uh, uh, it's made the uh, you know the urge of rat, the the, the, the strength. It's increased the strength of this rat by um, in, uh, forcing me to commit yeah, even more time 
and um, uh, to uh, uh, hearing and chanting uh, about Krishna and Radha and Krishna especially. Um, so this is like a wonderful addition um, to the other elements that I, uh, the other uh, practices uh, which I ob uh, observe in, in this wonderful month of Kartik. So thank you all so much. And we'll see you again next Thursday, morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on where you are. Hare Krishna. Sripad Bhakti Abhayashra Maharaj Ki Jai. Jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai. Hare Krishna.